everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef program from the creators of Read It and Weep. Today, we're talking about Top Chef Houston, Season 19, Episode 8, Restaurant Wars, Restaurant Wars. titled Restaurant Wars. I like that they take a day off on the puns when it's Restaurant Wars time. Um, before we start today, a quick uh, apology about the audio last week. We had some tech problems, some drift that did not get sorted before publish time. I thought it was. It was not. So there was some Chris uh, points were being made at multiple times throughout Aww. the show over other people's talking. Not Chris's fault. That was my fault. Firstly, I'd like to apologize for my drift. <laughs> Chris keep, keep it in Tokyo, uh, Chris. King. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris podcasts, uh, what is it? Uh, anyway, 60 seconds at a time? I don't remember now. It's been a while. <laughs> Quarter mile at a time. Quarter mile. That's what it is. Thank you. Brain's still turning on this morning. Anyway, sorry about that. Was, that was brain drift. Anyway, um, I appreciate everybody who wrote in. And please, if you do notice problems, don't feel guilty asking me about it. No, nope. um, Be sad. felt bad. Alex I need needs to, know. to feel bad need... about this. Well, no, that's the only no, way he'll learn. Bad. I don't, you, that's just okay, rip don't... him. Just, no, just that's further than hold him not... back. No, I don't he think. He deserves okay. it. He's the only way to learn. He needs <laughs> no, to be I brought need... down. I just think oh, just the info would be great. Anyway, um, I'm Alex. I'm Alex in Hollywood, California with Megan. Good morning. And we're joined in Northern California by Ezra and Sarah and guests. Hello. Hello. Um, Pot and, and Caleb. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's Caleb. <laughs> and then also in Brooklyn, New York, uh, it's Chris. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, everybody. And rounding the panel out in lovely Burbank, California, it's Kyle. How's it going, Kyle? Good morning. Flying solo in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Do they call it the bank? Oh, that's fun. I don't know. I'm calling it. That's good. It's in the bank. All right. Um, we're just going to dive right in now. We have uh, um, a lot to talk about. It's the Jackson episode today, and we got to get Jackson here in a second. So let me just jump into today's challenge. It's Restaurant Wars. No quick fire. No nothing. Just str- Well, first, dramatically, we need to know that it's 7 o'clock in the morning while they're driving, and then the time doesn't really matter again. But boy, dramatic opening. Uh, and then the chefs gather in a room with an unnecessary amount of stairs and draw knives for who gets to pick teams, just like schoolyard bullies. First up, it's Nick the Baker with first choice, and he recruits Ashley and Damar for their Southern styles and Buddha for his winning ways. Meanwhile, Jay gets second selection, chooses Evelyn for her um, leadership skills, Jackson because she doesn't know he's a filthy liar who will submarine the team, and God's favorite chef because somebody has to. How are you guys feeling about chef selection at that point? Uh, not, not great, Bob. Uh, I, I feel like we, in theory, had an uh, a, a leader and an underdog um, in terms of, you know, okay, Evelyn and Jackson have been on the top a lot. Seems like pretty good yeah. picks by Jay. But it just it just didn't seem right. Like something was off on the vibe the whole time. And especially thought- when Jackson first suggested, hey, you know who should be executive chef? Evelyn. Who wasn't the team? Yeah, we're, oh, we have to talk so him. much about that. Like there was Jackson's. so much going on that instantly made me go, Ugh, what, what, "What are we doing?" Not that Evelyn's bad; she's an amazing chef, and I'm, I'm not. No, it actually did a very solid job, a really good job as exec. But boy, uh, the uh, the strategery of immediately volunteering someone else feels bad. Yeah, I I thought That's... both teams like something about the 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 like chemist uh, maybe it's the chemistry but something about the combinations for both teams like just when they formed felt off and i was where we were going to have like i was so happily surprised when matriarch did as well as they did because i thought there was going to be like a weird 
lack of harmony between like Damar, Ashley, and Nick's like Southern bona fides and Buddha coming in with like a very different approach. Yeah. Well, especially because we got the nobody likes Buddha edit of the uh, yep. inner stitchels where it was like they were doing their best to throw us off the scent of what was otherwise a very clear elimination from yeah. early on but I think Buddha you know it is good to note that like Buddha has a lot of knowledge but maybe not a lot of EQ and that is not super rare in the chef world but at the same time it's like oh, okay we're like learning a bit more about him and how he interacts in the kitchen when I, do we know how old Buddha is? Because he also seems like he has that wonderkind energy where, like, I'm fun yeah. to hang out with. I just know everything. So I'm going to tell you everything I know. Yeah. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. We do know he was a child prodigy or, like, yeah. like started very, very young. But he I has think, child prodigy vibes for sure. Yeah. Aging out of child prodigy is, is never an easy look to wear. <laughs> okay. I just looked up how old is Buddha. And uh, oh, great! Eighty years old, from what I'm getting, he lived from five sixty three BCE. He's currently eighty. Well, I mean, this is what I got when I looked up Buddha. So uh, you know, he was also cremated. His ashes were divided among his followers. Um, Might may or may not be the right Buddha. I'll be honest. This is definitely a different. He is like he did not. You think this is a different Buddha, Caleb? You think he's not dead? Okay. Okay. Well, all right. Strong take from Caleb early on. Yeah, they yeah. probably they probably would have said yeah. that he was eighty <laughs> and dead. This is a good point. His acid has been distributed well, among the rest fi- of the chefs. Well, we got to say this did film last summer and last fall. True. So and in the I last maybe few months, years, many many more years. Um, anyway, could have been um, one of those time situations. I agree with Caleb for the record. <laughs> All right, fair <laughs> enough. I'll keep on looking. Pro, right. Okay, so the teams do a uh, they do. I don't know, I'd call it like a restaurant wars level six, where they do pick plates and chairs and florals, and then those things never matter ever again. Ooh. And they also meet with a lady with pink hair who talks them deeply about their brand identity and then delivers them a logo with the name they said with a line above and below it yep. in a font. Yep. Wasn't great. You forgot about the period. Yeah, yeah there was a period, period. And one of them, not the other. That was a design <laughs> yeah. decision. Yeah, punctuation <laughs> optional, but deeply encouraged. <laughs> I do well, I love know when they go to an expert and you're like, that's what I was expecting that expert to look like. There's all these chefs and then just logo designer shows up. It's fun. I, I, I kind of like the, the logos. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, it, no. it was like very <laughs> similar. There wasn't like that much done. But like the, the font choice of no name, I thought actually matched what they were like. Not neon, but also modern and casual in a way while still being upscale. Like it's also they came in with pretty broad things and yeah it, there I, is like there is like a design firm that does generic restaurant remodels for kitchen nightmares and bar rescue and cooking competitions like this that's just like i can make this look 90 percent like a restaurant in five minutes yeah and they and they all look a little similar but they were but they do it very fast and she did a fine job I think it looked better than a bar rescue uh, branding. It, it, I <laughs> okay, think it, okay. it, they, she did not do much, but with one word on a placard, she at least captured not some pretentious. Of okay, yeah. you know what, Kyle? I will agree with you insofar as I don't think that the sort of like do as much as you can as fast as you can. Like we can't. We clearly the emphasis was on as fast as you can, and that's fine. I think the yeah. bigger thing, and maybe Alex, I don't mean to jump the gun here, is to talk that talk about the fact that the chefs are doing both a chef's table, which was the entirety of Restaurant Wars last year, last year, and yeah. a full service, and somehow managing I, both 
with so, front of house yeah, and, yeah. and tastings and, and everything. So Padman like, delivered this like it was huge news, but I felt like they were pretty small restaurant spaces. So I felt like it was not like neither team seemed particularly troubled by service. I do and that's think so rare. It looked a little bit smaller than restaurant wars have been in the past because they said you're serving a chef's table and I think only 50 diners. And okay. I feel in the past it's been like in maybe a 100 to 200. Yeah, they've had like that's at that's least three turns. Good point. And I will say instead of you know, there wasn't there weren't extra special, you know, extra special treats for the ta- for the chef's table, right? right. It was the same yeah, courses. Yeah, same menu. I think in the past when they've done it was the chef's so similar table, that Jackson have. didn't bother to uh, show up. He just assigned a normal server to yeah. handle the the judges' table. Don't forget okay. the paper sign. Welcome judges. Okay, we're gonna, oh, uh, do we want? Do we want to? What do we do now? Should we just like oh. hammer how badly Jackson screwed this up from the jump? Or should we talk no. about good things for a little bit and like spin let, the rest? Let like, me go through the menus, or let me go through the teams and the menus first. And then he we'll just, Jackson. everything he did, every single it's thing. It's almost time Jackson to hammer Jack. It's almost as though this was edited to create a storyline for him. But <laughs> good well, God. something like that. Okay, so the first. Uh, Nick- Jack- Jackson by his taste buds, Robert Ford. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the first Nick's Picks team decides their restaurant will be called Matriarch, but without the H at the end, because it's more likely that the domain is available. Is that good? Um, and yeah. uh, I checked. It's available. Uh, or it doesn't have a website on it, is what I learned. Um, they're going to specialize in Southern cuisine with Ashley at the helm and Buddha walking the floor. Meanwhile, Jay's Bays are called No Name. Name, of course, being a Vietnamese sausage and, confusingly, will feature prominently on the menu, violating the sole promise of the name. One name. Uh, or some name. You know, yes, some name. Yes, name. Uh, crucial Evelyn element is exact- of delight is surprise, Alex. So <laughs> That's true. You yeah, know? if you're like, I promise no pork sausage, and then dish four is pork sausage, yeah. I will be surprised. Surprise oh, is nine-tenths of the law. So <laughs> I don't think that's legally true. That's the witcher. Um, that Evelyn, well, executive, executive chef. Executive chef, he still was really trying to act like it. Also, yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so technically Evelyn was executive chef, but Jackson was doing um, some backseat driving over his um, BMW Bluetooth, and um, he also was in charge of blowing it as front of the house. He's basically the team's official bad idea guy. Anytime, <laughs> which, I, as Ezra, that, that's your job on our show. As you know, you also have good ideas, but you're, if we need a bad idea quickly, you can always come up oh, with man, one. Oh, man, what do you did need? J- <laughs> did Jackson... All of a sudden, think he was on that other chef reality show that's like the rat in the kitchen. Like, is is this like what? There's like, I have not seen that show, but I can picture what it means from what you just described. There's like a kitchen based. Wait, no, I'm thinking of Ratatouille. That was a movie. <laughs> no, there's another. Uh, just one chef show. has a rat driving his head wherever he goes. No, it's, it's like, like a, you're cooking, and one of the yeah. kitch- the chefs is like tasked with ruining the dishes, and they have to sort of like. As it, at each stage of the challenge, the chefs are like voting off one of the chefs they're cooking with. Wait, so this is Kitchen oh, Among Us? Oh, it's Among Us. Yeah. Yeah, Kitchen Among Us. <laughs> um, I Yeah, it seemed to me like Jackson's stuff was so consistently bad, and it's so inexplicable from his performance thus far, where he had one of the best runs in the history of the show. Yeah. It seems like maybe his parking was up. Like, yeah. he, he'd Let paid go, for guys. parking for... For eight episodes, not a second longer, and was like, I gotta get... If there was a strong betting market to bet on what position people will finish, I would assume Jackson had put a huge amount of money on himself to finish exactly eight. I I think this is a kindness, honestly, where it's like, um, Luke was like, hey, I don't know if I got this, 
and uh, I, I'm really worried I'm going to go home. And he was like, no, you don't worry. You do nothing, and I will do everything, and a lot of those things will be bad, and you'll be fine, buddy. <laughs> I think this is, this is his, his generosity of spirit coming through. Okay, so this show is hosted by Natasha Legero and Ludo? Yeah. Wow. And I thought is this I was... current? Is this happening now? Yeah. It, it's a okay. new show, and I didn't think it was actually called Rat in the Kitchen. I thought I was like summarizing it, and it nope, had a more clever name. Whoever pitched that's it, the name it's on. It was like, on yeah, this is oh, two on the nose. We'll figure out a better name later during production, but for <laughs> now, just call it Rat in the Kitchen. And, and uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll just make the logo a font of that name, and then we'll come back to it later. Um, okay, so let's talk about first Matriarch, and then we'll get into some of the flaws in No Name. So first of all, Matriarch. Uh, despite a few brief bits of drama in the edit, mm-hmm. um, basically executes a flawless restaurant, starting with Buddha's snacks, which include the best rolls Tom's ever eaten. As I want your opinion on these rolls, because they look like rolls to me. You're probably the most uh, consistent baker among us. What was magic about these rolls? Okay, so I will say this is a roll type that I don't have a ton of experience with. I think we did have it. We we sorry, we just got these rolls at a fancy we, place. Yeah, we ate dinner a couple months ago at a fancy place that had Parker House rolls, and they were very good. Um, we had What's like a special s- flavored butter as well. But like was it in the shape of a flower and filled with ham? It was once. Yeah, it was in the shape of a flower. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean no that's ham. the thing where it's like it's a little tiny, tiny, like it's like a pull apart type thing. Is that the roll? Yeah. I, I think the specialness of the roll was the how crispy and golden, actually m- more than golden, it was on the outside, and then completely soft and hydrated yeah. on the inside. And I just, I mean, look, it's fresh bread. It's really tough. If you get that, like, hey, this is coming out at the right time, it's really tough to to make that not taste fantastic. And yeah. butter is a really good thing. Yeah, butter is pretty great, whatever shape it's in. You have a favorite butter shape? Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the um, squared off log is my shape. Oh, um, love a log. I like a log. All foods yeah. and logs from now on. I like a, I mean, I, can I, let's see, what's another butter shape I've had? I like a small, like a tiny swimming pool. Like the yeah, little, right, like a, a ramekin thing shape. Kind of like level it off and yeah. it gets the salt on top. You know what nice. that doesn't get enough love is the triangle. A little oh, triangle whoa. of butter. Uh, I, I worked at a fancy restaurant that you'd, it'd be a triangle of butter, and then I'd have to s- scatter some sea salt right down the middle of it before nice. bringing it to the table. Good. So it's just a little bit of salt and a, a, a triangle of butter. Is it kind of a ripply like triangle? A ripply? a ripply triangle? Yeah, like veins? Like if you cut it with like a serrated blade, you know, and it. it oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like a curl sometimes. I've seen oh, a like curl's a, good. It, Look at this. This is like although, a very moldable shape. Although, I will say the curl, you do not get much mass per, like, it's a high volume, low mass. So if you put, like, a little curl yeah. on there, it's not actually that much butter. So You need to pile it high with curls. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Curls all the way up. Yeah, curls yeah the sky. you want a, a tangled situation of butter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then, like, it like also has healing powers, assuming you never, like, you always keep it in one piece. I don't think I ever watched the whole thing. Anyway, oh um, man, back the, 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 everyone, stop what we're doing. <laughs> Time for Tangled. <laughs> Do we watch Tangled? No. Okay, I think so. Oh, it's quite That's good. not the one where she's a bear. That's a different one. That's, That's a, a different, different one. It was. Okay. <laughs> it could have been a stealth bear the whole time. It never gets revealed. But <laughs> a lot of Pixar movies, she's a bear, and they just don't tell you. Yeah, this is oh, a secret bear. Usually, the bear is successful. Honestly, bear that's, 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 okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, that was the good roles. Ashley's salmon tartare that she's bullied into making turns out excellently. Yeah, this is Jackson's um, one good. Or no, this was Buddha's idea. This wasn't Jackson who was like. Yeah, this was. Yeah. yeah. Buddha kind of forced this on her, but then she added the pearls, and that was pretty good. And the peaches they're, made it. I mean, they're, they're, in the judging, they're like, this was all right. 
I think it's really well done. If idea, it would have been worse. If Jackson had done it. Yeah, if Jackson had the idea, it would have been worse. (laughs) All right, so clearly we got one vote against Jackson so far. Um... I, uh, she does, however, actually also makes the next course, which is her Leah Chase gumbo, and apparently that is incredible, um, as is Nick's steak with oxtail marmalade, which has all the vitamins and minerals that a growing bear needs. And um, to, I've seen that one. That's not a stealth bear. That's a bear the whole time. It's a real uh, bear. Uh, here, here's the thing about the marmalade. It was originally billed as a jam, I think, when they were pitching it before. And then, like, is marmalade just fancier? Was there more orange peel in it? Oh, what, we've I looked this up before, and I can't remember. What's the, like, chart of different I Marmalade spreads. had to be from a citrus. Yeah, and it's like the Seville oranges or something. Right, the, yeah, it has to be a specific orange. If it's not know. from the, if if the oxtail is not from the Seville region, oh it's, right, it, it's yeah, that is only sparkling jam. orange spread. <laughs> this is all based on vague memories, yeah, so I don't. don't uh, I have looked at this chart before. I think it is peel. I think having part of the peel is crucial. So maybe I, there's some I'm oxtail just, peel. Well, it's a lie. <laughs> Oxtail peel. It's a lie either way. I think it's. It, you know, I'm just curious, like why they liked why they liked this one better. They like the music. Like, why why was this it, the fancy you know? word? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It is a fun word Mar- to say. It marmalade. is undoubtedly the most fun of the spreads to say. Marmalade. marmalade. All right. Anyway, so he makes a really good marmalade. Um, uh, and then to close things out, Demar's carrot cake, which he puts in the food ruiner. Ah. And then pill- has to pivot from a semi-Fredo to a full-on Fredo, and it turns out great. It's fine. It's not an issue at all. A little bit of fake drama. Despite those tiny bits of drama with the, uh, with the oxtail and the, and the food runner, um, uh, everything turns out amazing, and there's no mystery who's going to win. The prize is already done. It's over. It doesn't matter. They also had the first restaurant, which wins nine times out of ten, so it really doesn't matter at all. But we're still going to go over and deal with the sadness. Especially with this one, it helped to have the first restaurant because you get to immediately serve the judges. You don't get behind, yep. and then yep. once the judges leave, you're just like, "All right, let's serve." Yeah, these there was a part where they were food. Buddha was complaining about turning tables, and I wanted to be like, "Buddy, nobody cares at all. You don't have to serve these other people." <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, is it a vote? No. <laughs> yeah, so no. I mean, throw food at him in the waiting area. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I love, like, great. I love the idea of after the judges leave restaurant wards, all the judge or all the chefs check out and be like, no, leave. I'm not making you anything. Get out. I think just the judges are in the other side of the and they just hear the like screaming and food being thrown. Like, What happened after we left? No, here's 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 All right. I'll give you two great pitches. One, you just turn it into the hook invisible plate thing. Oh, right. yeah, so yeah. it's like, hey guys, it's now an imagination. Find your inner uh, inner uh, wonder if you can. If, uh, yeah, if you're fun, this is delicious. So yeah, yeah, right. Or alternatively, you just say like, you know what? We finished early. We're leaving. The kitchen's open to anyone who wants to cook now. And Ooh, like, you just got a journey. Yeah. You figure like it those- out. It's like those uh, Froyo places. It's like, just walk around, make yourself food in this <laughs> it's kitchen. Like it's 39 cents an ounce, whatever yeah. you want. You <laughs> pay by weight on the way out. You make it's an oxtail, oxtail whatever marmalade. you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you have the marmalade now, dog. Your, everything is there to make oxtail marmalade. It's up to yeah. you to figure out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we still have to go over to the second service. Oh, one thing we did learn, by the way, from this article, this interview that Jackson did with the LA Times, and I'm going to reference a few times, um, that I believe Jane sent to us was that um, uh, some of the diners ate in both. Some were all of the diners ate in both restaurants, besides the judges. So Jackson, when he was doing front of house, had talked to people who had just been in the other restaurant who told him they liked all of his food better, which of course is what he would say. But I didn't realize that they were having the people eat dinner twice, which is crazy. That's a lot of That's food. It's wild. so much, right? And they're not pros. Yeah, what, they're not. What, the, also. The, not professional eaters so like it's just 
I had a big dinner last night and I went to bed in a, a real rough shape. And that was just at one restaurant. <laughs> I didn't go to two restaurants last night. And all, no, all, all 50 of these poor people just forced to guzzle down numb neck and oxtail when, marmalade. Just When for, Jackson uh, said to Padma, that's a lot of food, she was like, I'm a pro. But apparently other people who were not pros were also doing the same thing. I'm an amateur. Is <laughs> extras or casting or whatever they do, like volunteers, were they that short on volunteers where they had to have people go to both? That seems real was weird. Was it, yeah, or was it a COVID thing? It's just like they, they, so what did you say, Caleb? I said that he's pro the pros if she thinks he's the one pro. He's pro pro. Oh. Yeah, pro pro. Pro pro, pro, pro yeah. Pro pro. We're all pro pro in the show. But um, I'm also pro amateurs. I think it's interesting to see what they ha- enjoy. But I, yeah, it's possible they only had so much holding space. They only had so many um, te- rapid tests lying yeah, around. I don't be. know. It's a great question. I'm, that could be. If they only had like that like spinning like kitchen, basically, like a lazy Susan of a kitchen, they could just rotate the whole kitchen over one notch to the right and kept oh, everyone else in the kitchen place. That is right? a thing that I have not seen on Restaurant Wars yet, is the entire More thing is on a slowly kitchen. rotating kitchen platter. <laughs> All about uh, spinning kitchens. The spinning kitchens, yeah. I don't That's know. Show coming from TBS. Isn't that technically <laughs> we'll find a better what name the later. Space Needle Challenge was? <laughs> kind of. Oh, that's Although. true. It was. But the diners were spinning together. We want the kitchen and the diners to spin independently. Yeah, like an opera set, not like a... Anyway. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. So a game of Overcooked. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the second service because it's uh, worth talking just, about. Just um, for a second, sorry. Like, is it true that the only demerit against matriarch was that the salmon tartar course was slow and like you know so that appeared to yeah be there the was only- initial talk about it being slow and i did at the time i did feel like i bet if they recover from this it'll never get mentioned again and then it did yeah so a little slow second course and yet the judges were just kind of also just kind of impressed that they were calm about it yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. okay so like well, again if- matriarch is the one to beat going in here yes. comes no name Woof. Here comes also, no name. The other really interesting thing that I thought was a genuine draw is Buddha went through and turned all the seats at the table so they'd be staring at the kitchen. That's mm. true. And that is a pretty fun thing. I like being able to see people working at a restaurant and oh, using that opportunity. Definitely. You just do that little touch. I that, love that. that. I love that. I love seeing the kitchen. But I don't love sitting Last Supper style with my family. That's oh, a I actually like. Weird. I prefer. I it. like not having to like watch other people eat. I think that's this is a this is a good thing. Everyone needs to get behind this. Stare at my family. Look in the same people direction. Cook is funner than watching people eat and make bad decisions about the food. Right. <laughs> All right. More so we're getting, we're almost eat. to the part where you can we can harsh on Jackson here. So um, let me go through the courses really fast. They which they come out in groups and bursts because Jackson said so and no one questioned it. Despite all being executive been, chefs oh, look, at restaurants, poor it could have been all the food in a trough. Yeah, like what? And he didn't. He had restraint. What Jackson, Shoot like serve it all in an ice luge, like it's a a, a, a really <laughs> oh, gaudy party. All of the food hits you at speed <laughs> mm-hmm. in the face. <laughs> yeah, there's like a little shoot going to each table. Oh god. Oh man, that would not feel great. Um, okay, so they're coming on groups. First, it's Evelyn's Panty Perry, which is good but doesn't have enough water. Uh, Jay's Summer Roll, where she uses Snapper on the outside, is apparently outstanding. Yeah. And God's Favorite Chef makes curry and cod, um, where he cooks the fish perfectly but without any salt. And the whole team at No Name makes some Yes Name salad rolls, and it's quite good, apparently. 
Um, and then Jackson's shortbread cookie tastes fine as long as you teach people not to eat a cookie with a spoon. Okay, okay, okay. So just... Uh, did they run out of silverware? Is that... Did I miss that? No, it that? was like, that the cookie was like, too we, crispy. No, he told everybody, take away the spoons because the, they were pushing down on the cookie and then it would explode because it had that good British snap to it. It was a shortbread. Yeah. And people were eating it like they thought it was a cake and then they were like, oh, I'm startled by my own cookie. Yeah. So that was happening. But like, guys, uh, and thanks for the rundown, Alex. But like... Yes. Okay, no name. Jackson, why are you sending out the dishes in pairs when Restaurant Wars is the most easy to lose track of the service, the the most e- like easy to get in the weeds challenge of all time? Like the pacing of the dishes is important because you you're not yes. going to have two dishes and then a really long pause and then maybe another two dishes. Like that's just So Jackson so- has an answer for you. Okay. Well, I was just going to bring in some outside knowledge real sure. quick. I don't know if you guys read the interview with yeah. Jackson. Okay. Yeah. Yep. He he had basically never seen the show before. He watched early seasons. Yeah. And that was it, I think. Yeah. So he, did, he didn't like understand the challenge. every single episode. Yeah. And, and um, Jackson sort of crammed a little bit the week before, but that was it. And he'd watched a couple originally. So he was very uh, unclued un- into how the show works. And also, yeah, what like, said, they're cooking very modern now. I, I was expecting I could go in and just do some foie gras yeah. and a wing. I can't cook frozen <laughs> okay, foods. Okay, he's been to restaurants, though, right? Like, he knows well, okay, that. So this was the second part. So what he said about this was, like, every restaurant you go to in L.A., they come out and they say, the food will show up when it shows up. And That is I can, true. I can, uh, yeah, we've gone, to, we've gone to some very nice restaurants here, and they're like, we will bring the food out whenever we feel like it. That's how we okay, are in L.A. Yeah. Counterpoint. They never say... The food will show up when it doesn't show up. That doesn't make sense, right? That, that really, it showing up when it shows up is the only option physically. The point is, thing. he's used to a LA style of mm. of coursing that is very casual. Again, is last, just, you, yeah. <laughs> last night we went to a restaurant, uh, an Italian restaurant, and got a pizza. And they're like, "That's great, you get the pizza." Here's the thing about the pizza. I have no idea when it's going to come out. It could be the first thing you get. It could come out after the last dish. <laughs> it could be post-dessert. We might bring it to your house next week. You have no idea. It could be good the dough. server straight know. up said, like, I can't count on any time. I, yeah. I can't count on when the pizza is going to come out. So just bear with us. Like so that- the L.A. restaurant industry has turned into, like, a poorly functioning government bureaucracy, like the DMV kind of. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, your wait okay. time okay. is question mark. Okay. Or they're letting the <laughs> chefs do their best work and you're reaping the benefits mm-hmm. if you're a little bit more yeah. casual about what order you expect. They're not going to slow down one course just because 60 pizzas are... On, uh, there's a fire I, on 60 pizzas. I do see the benefits to this, for, obviously, for the chefs. Although, you know, when we went and got um, Girl in the Goat brunch a few weeks ago... One of the things that happened was the sweet savory mix didn't quite work out. Oh. So we just finished a bunch of savory dishes when like the cheese potatoes showed up and it was a little bit intense. Oh, um, Alex, question. Were you chipmunking your food like you were supposed to? Oh. Where you always have the sweet side packed well, you in. You have to put that on the menu if that's what I'm expected to do. <laughs> no, I think that's pretty well it's known. Just everyone fact, understands yeah, this, everyone but me. Knows. <laughs> Everyone knows you You always have the stash of the sweet side and the savory side. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm so sorry. Was that what you were doing? Did everyone else do that but me? Yeah, everyone else everyone was doing does that. This. What? Oh, that's so embarrassing. What yeah. a faux pas. <laughs> anyway, good, okay, good point. But um, So that's his explanation for it. But here's the problem is that that's not what they did. They, no. they no. just sent two courses together that didn't make sense. So he was still coursing. He was just coursing badly. Yeah, and not so explaining it's an anything. interesting defense, but, but it was... Weird, very weird. 
Um, Sarah and but Alex. Yeah, you don't send two yeah. courses at once. Yeah, a lot, yeah. A lot of yeah. bad ideas. Yeah, from Jackson. yeah. That was like Jackson's second or third bad decision of the night. Yes. Uh, but uh, Alex and and Sarah, do you know? Did Jackson have any sort of uh, context for why he was uh, not? explaining dishes to the judges and not welcoming them in or yes. doing that because it seems so like what, he was either afraid of the judges or well, he did leave a note <laughs> he did leave a note that's true he, he did, did leave, leave a note, note which <laughs> yeah, I read the whole note yeah he did not ex- he, I mean besides it's like I thought it was cute he did not explain the note which I'm curious about um because that's really weird behavior um but I so his answer to that is he's not watched he's not watched a lot of restaurant wars so he doesn't know he hasn't seen them say, you talk to me or you're, you are terrible. And he does run front of the house. But one of the things you do when you run front of the house is you like assign tables to servers. And he had a server assigned to the chef's table. And he didn't want to do like he didn't want to overdo it by having you get a server and then the second server and then they go back and forth. So but, he was doing it. He was doing it like a general service. But he knows and he's being not judged. Like they were special diners. He knows he's being judged on his performance in front of the house by the judges. Right. So his claim was, and this is true of almost every eliminated chef on almost every time they've ever cooked well, on the show, is he was focused on the diners, not on the judges. He was trying to have a good restaurant, not having a good restaurant wars. And it comes up so often that I'm suspicious of that answer. But also, he is you are trained to run a restaurant and to serve everybody. Yep, it's true. But if a food critic walks into Jackson's restaurant, I assume he personally goes over and speaks to them or whatever. Or if a celebrity shows up or somebody. How it's common all about is it? Oh. He could have been more competitive than he was. He was just like, okay, let's make a good restaurant. And let's not care about the other team. Yeah. So the competitiveness is an interesting point. Let me hear what Megan had to say. We'll come back to that. Oh, how common is it to have a restaurant with a chef's table style and other diners? Because I'm assuming like if you go to a sh- you know the chef's table restaurant, part of the experience is having the dishes explained to you and having some interaction with the kitchen. Um Whereas, uh, so he was treating them like any other table, but maybe he was forgetting, you know, even in, even without having watched the show that the sort of chef's table experience is supposed to be different than a regular table. He's also on Top Chef. He's done this for seven weeks. He didn't even explain the dish in the way he would when he's explaining a dish for a regular elimination challenge. Like that's, that's the other thing that's like, he did not do the basic thing that as a person on Top Chef, as a chef testing, you need to at least like explain your dish. And he is like I, so the, face I do of think the entire team. I suspect the people at home listening to this are a little frustrated that we haven't been meaner to Jackson. So I do think we're still ramping up to this, to be clear. Well, um, it, I do think yeah, I have plenty to say, but I want to get Evelyn out his case as well as him. possible. Uh, Evelyn, like literally like bug-eyed stopping at me like, Tell them how to eat this dish, dude. Even the diners were telling him, like, go, go greet them or, you know, like. Right, because the the extras would probably watch the show more than he did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, so uh, our experience with chef's tables are limited to one time at Buca de Beppo and um, on uh, on, uh, 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 Gordon Ramsay's show where there's always one, Hell's Kitchen. Um, And in both of those cases, there's a server who's serving you. And the person who's doing, working the pass, the expediter, comes over and says hi periodically, but not every time. So I do think his service kind of matched with my admittedly embarrassingly limited experience well, with that. But we went to that one vegan restaurant in Portland. Right, right. And it was like Where a whole a like presentation. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
But so, that's different than this. Like yeah. that, there, there's restaurants, and that's what happened last season. Is it was a chef's table style restaurant. They kind of were light in terms of that last year, where they were doing a lot, but not the sort of thing where you're sort of having a conversation with the chefs around you, and they're the, it's it's very much a sh- a show. And in this situation, it's more like they were cooking with a chef's table where they can observe you, but it wasn't yeah. as much about like entertaining them with the process of serving. No, as it chefs. wasn't quite that. I feel like if you own a restaurant and Tom and Gail and Padma show up, even without cameras, you give them more attention than other tables and you Absolutely. explain each of the courses in more depth. Yes. It was mind-boggling how bad he was at front of the house for restaurant wars not for me maybe it would work fine in another restaurant for most of the time but it was it was like we were screaming we were so it was so upsetting why was he doing any of this yeah no this is an all-time low for front of house i think you could have taken somebody off the street and they would have done a better job okay well i mean i prefer him to prime malarkey just coming up and lying to you about stuff Malarkey like is lie. very, very good at running successful and profitable restaurants. I know, All right. I know, I know. And he good. also lied to the judges' faces repeatedly over several seasons. I'm so bad at myself. At the end, oh, I'm, I just shredded you. You get eliminated. But no, I'm going to just eliminate myself and not care about the other team. Oh, totally. you're saying like how, how, how Sarah on uh, on Last Chance Kitchen was always saying like Jackson, Jackson shreds people. But no, he yeah. was, Jackson, Jackson was the shredded one now. Yeah. He was shredded. And he, yeah, it just, it seemed out of nowhere. And it's okay so uh, like i said before not a lot of drama i felt like it was very clear he was going home they tried to throw us off a second at the end by tom saying i think it's luke but it was obviously wasn't going to then just be luke it would have been bad tv okay so um can we talk about that because like was tom just being uh, a liar to the camera there or do do you think that tom actually genuinely second time this season tom has said i'm arguing for this person and that person has not gone home and so i think he is just being devil's advocate and not because we know if tom really wants something it happens yeah, but I think Tom also believe I, I, I read that more as like Tom. It could be devil's advocating and also him like sort of he I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom subscribes to the like body of work judgment as like a tiebreaker is like yeah. go, like Jackson that, had so many tops. I really felt that whereas way. Luke totally. had been like totally he, he is struggling to keep up with. Luke what has been circling the drain for several weeks, and Jackson has just now completed one of the most impressive runs on Top Chef history, which is six six tops in seven episodes with no taste buds, which is incredible. And now so, we have to get to the point where he answers the yes. question we've been asking for weeks. Yes. Did anyone know? Well, uh, does at he this answer point, that? Because there's still some good conspiracy theories about this. But, I, there could well, be good conspiracy theories, yeah. but he at least like does says for the camera – Hey guys, I have to admit something to all of you remaining, and they all mm-hmm. act surprised. Mm-hmm. Yes, his teammates certainly seem surprised. Unless, like he yes. said, I, 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 I can't. I, at this point, I, I he went from like oddly charming to the biggest villain since Marcel. Like him yep. going in after that and saying, "Like, hey guys, I should tell you, I can't taste food. I was tasting all your food today when we were cooking yep. together, and I had nothing to say." That is, there was well, he should have he should have said nothing. Yeah. He did say that it was over season. We were like, "Don't talk, Jackson. You don't have taste." <laughs> okay, so I will say, 
one more thing from the interview in Slide Jackson defense. The one flavor he said in a couple of interviews, the one thing you could taste was over seasoned. Is that it didn't taste like anything specifically salt? Right? Yeah, yeah. Over, salt. Over, it was tingly, right? It was tingly on his tongue, and he trained on tasting salt levels with his wife before he came to the show. And what he also said in this interview was that that cut scene where they're like, taste the fish. He's like, he says it's over salt, over seasoned, and then they cut away. In the longer version, both the other chefs on the team are like, yeah, this is disgusting. It's way too much salt. And they cut both of those. So Luke was not relying on him. He was relying on all three of his teammates, and they just made it look like it was Jackson. So here's, uh, here's my feeling. Okay, here's what okay. I'm going to keep arguing for. I do think Jackson is a villain, and I think he did bad. And also... I think they made it worse on the show. Yes. So, like, we're mad at him, but I feel like I have to defend him because the show made it, like, way out of proportion. I don't yeah, and it seemed I, like they were blaming him for Luke's dish, you know, not having enough salt. But in that interview as well, they said that Luke must have changed, like, once he got the feedback from all the chefs that it was too salty, he did it again and didn't season it as much because he was worried about it being salty. Just, yeah. yeah. And he's food. been under seasoning his food every episode of the show. Right. Like, he even said in the little talking head, I never put enough salt on it. My palate is wrong for these judges. Yeah. Except for the one quick fire way, way over salt. Right. right. Yeah. Except we made it a salt yeah. lick. So before, his palate, does, like Luke's palate is more questionable than Jackson's in some way. Also, I question. I think personally that he, he was wrong for the judges himself on Restaurant Wars. What that Luke mean? was or, or Jackson you know, was? Jackson, like he was not showing himself and he was just like, I'm not going to show myself for no reason, and I am just not right for these judges right now. He did say there were a couple of things he said at judges' table where I was like, you don't have to say that right now. You don't. He did volunteer some extra information that made him look bad, which further added to my theory that he was double parked. Yeah. Like, he seemed like he wanted to get out so least, bad. He was, he was playing with integrity, and he didn't say untrue things. He didn't fall on a sword, but he did accurately represent that he was the instigator for many of the decisions that were made that the judges found to be bad decisions. <laughs> Before we totally, right. you know, like, I don't know, I move on from Luke, however, I do want to bring up Luke failing to follow the instructions of his executive chef and not firing the fish when the fish should have been fired. Ultimately, I don't think it was the reason why any dishes were bad but the kid doesn't seem to belong in a restaurant um or at least like that's what it looks like to me like if the boss is saying and everyone's saying okay here's what we're gonna do like we're gonna fire these fish as soon as you see the judges going down the stairs the judges go down the stairs they sit down luke goes to evelyn and says oh do you think do you should i should i fire the fish now like what (laughs) what is happening luke what is happening Did you forget, Chris, that Luke spent eight years, six months, and 42 days and nine hours at Noma, one of God's favorite restaurants? He clearly knows what he's doing. Oh, boy. Uh, It's inexplicable. I mean, Luke, I think Luke's run of negative performance is as interesting as Jackson's wins. Truly. Because I'm sure Luke is one of the best chefs that's ever been on this show, and he has not shown it. He's got a, and it's he's crazy. had so many opportunities. Like I, know. I, I feel like I feel like we're being too mean to him. We've been we like I I don't know how to cal- I don't know my salt level for how I should be treating Luke. I, I don't know how salty my criticism should be towards Luke. Feels like like is it tingling yet? If you ask Luke to make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, he would bring you two pieces of bread and be like, "Did I do it?" Like that's how confused okay. he sounds. And, with, and it would be steeped in seaweed juice. Right, like, mm-hmm. I think yeah, we on the peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I think weird. we have the same situation though, uh, like with both Luke and Jackson, where it's like uh, here, here's the thing which seems really clear, where it's like, 
okay, pretty clear that like you know if you're a um, a sports person, if you play a sport one place, it's the same. It's, you call it the same sport somewhere else. It's like the rules are the same, right? And I think just fundamentally, like yeah. the the way these guys learn the game outside of Top Chef is like in some ways very detrimental to them actually performing well. I feel yes. like Luke was treating himself very bad. Like he was not a very good chef, but usually he does very good in Top Chef. I, maybe maybe outside of this context, I, I think that's tre- totally true. He treats himself like a screw. Like he's a he does. He, 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 like, he confidence yeah. is a real bummer. Yeah, and that's, that's, yeah he's in his head. Yeah. So maybe that's why I feel like he'd mess up the sandwiches. He would come and be like, "I don't remember what sandwiches, how what the formula is for a sandwich." But that once you There's get him broth, on his own right? for a little while, it'd be like probably an amazing chef. Yeah, I wonder if sorry, we're... Kyle, I talked over you. Oh, I was gonna say. Oh, I was just making a joke. I was I was playing off of that of. Him forgetting how a sandwich is and assuming there's a broth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm certain there's, there's always a broth. Um, I, there's always a broth. Is the table set for the Luke redemption arc? Is he going to come back and peak at the right time? He has enough runway. There's still plenty of season I would, left. I'll be honest. I would kind of like it. <laughs> I would like to see it because I came in like initially wanting to dislike him. The thi- like the eight years and six months at Noma like really annoyed me. And now he's like such a sad boy that if he were to like turn it around and believe in himself and make an amazing sandwich in a broth, I would like, I'd be stoked for it. I'd, I'd um, kind of like to see it just to see how terrified he'd be in like be so the scared. final, in the semifinals. <laughs> like the second he'd be like, um, so well, his eyes would so, bug right out of his skull. I want to say one more, one more thing about Jackson. The, the listeners have a lot to say about Jackson, so we'll come back to it more. And then I do, because and then I have one other place I want to go before we move on. So the last thing I want to say about Jackson is going back to your point about him telling everybody the one conspiracy theory about that is that it seems possible that what he was saying to some people, and I, this is not my theory, just pointing out there, that he was saying the judges don't know that I can't taste, but he was telling them that, and they already knew. Because the, there's like some wiggle room with his language where he was like, they don't know, I can't taste. That it could have been the judges, and that's why Buddha said plot twist and not that the chefs themselves didn't know. No. This is hard for me to totally believe. The reaction to do my the best. room. Yeah, based on his response to Luke, or Luke's response to him. Yeah, Luke and Evelyn did not know that they spent uh, 36 hours conceiving a restaurant and cooking alongside someone who could not taste. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, so now that outside, that aside. I feel like we're doing a thing that I've already seen the internet do all week or the last couple days at least. And I want to remedy a little bit, which is that um, we're so caught up in this drama edit with the villain that they gave us that we are glancing by the fact that Ashley and Evelyn both ran amazing restaurants. They did awesome. That yeah. Even on the losing side, yes. no name Tom said was the best losing restaurant wars uh, uh, restaurant in history. And that Ashley is bit, like no one's talking about how incredible Ashley's restaurant is. That she executive chefed one of the most amazing restaurants in the history of the show. After coming back from LCK, after yeah. coming back from the yeah, she's coming back from the losers bracket, and she's been cooking amazingly since she got back. She's on top again, and this time she ran this restaurant, which is so so good. Yeah, was I wrong I would, about that, Kyle? Was she not on top last? She week? She had immunity last week. Oh right, right, right. She she did have immunity, but uh, what? I, I think this is just proof that every, almost every chef who is a contestant on Top Chef is so good at their job. They are well, that's true. incredible yeah. chefs and can run a restaurant like no one's business. And what Top Chef is, is an obstacle course of cooking that can trip up anyone. Uh, but like, it's yeah, just true. showing that's like true. Ashley is, it, it's, it's further proof that Ashley is an 
exceptional chef. Uh, Sarah and I are going to, hey, producers or Ashley, Sarah and I are coming to Asheville in June if you want to hook us up Ooh. with a reservation. But we are going to be trying to go to a restaurant because we want to try the food she cooks. I, Is like, it hard she, to get a reservation? Because she had that edit scene where she was kind of like, I don't know if I'm like the people of Asheville are embracing the style of cooking that I'm doing. I think it might be more that Asheville isn't necessarily a culinary destination in the same right. way some of the other cities are. Like Asheville is really cool, but I don't think people are going there. There's lots of good restaurants and lots of It cool seems stuff like you definitely on. want to go see Ashley's restaurant. They named the whole ville after her. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Stephen. Yes. That sounds fun. I would love to go at that. I'm sure it's yeah. amazing. But just that, just to I, give credit, like she also truly. ran this kitchen. She helped organize this menu. She didn't And also mm-hmm. Evelyn I thought did an awesome job, especially of pulling Jackson aside and being like without letting the judges notice I heard the feedback, and I want you to change course and fix this thing. And then yeah. he didn't. And then he didn't. <laughs> Which was very still, frustrating. Still, she was, I thought she did a great job as executive chef. I think those two deserve way more credit than we than the amount and of also, scorn that we're spending with Jackson. Evelyn was the only chef on her team who was experienced in cooking Vietnamese and was teaching the other three members... Like on the day, she taught Luke how to make curry while also running this restaurant. It's crazy. Yeah, it, and they almost faulted her for that. That worried me at judging a little bit. When I mean, we were like, "Oh, this is totally going to be Jackson," but then they tried to edit it a little bit yeah. so you weren't sure, and that was Evelyn. Like, "Oh, well, she was executive of that team," right. and yep. it did make me a little nervous at first, but mostly just angry because. <laughs> she really held it together for everyone. Truly. Absolutely. And, and I guess, I don't know if we said this yet, but like this was the best team to lose yes. ever. Yeah. So it, it did seem like something. that even when they were ragging on it, like an ex- except for bad front of house, which we've had a lot of bad front of house from good chefs. It's like normal mm-hmm. skill to be bad at. It's, it's not normal to say I, I did this every day for a year and I'm still bad, but um, well, yeah, he did that it, during a pandemic. How many people was he serving oh, in person? True. As a it was takeout only, probably. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, good point. But yeah, they they basically like this seemed like it would win a lot of years of restaurant wars. They could have, and yeah, and it lost. I mean, this was a pretty good restaurant, um, and I, I think that's super interesting. And if it weren't for Jackson's malarkey, this would have been a good episode. Oh, Captain I mean, I think really they, happy. they could have even been better, though, right? And I think they still would have lost. Right, I think oh, like yeah, yeah, I don't think they were. I right. don't think they were particularly close. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. It, I don't, it was, like you could fix. I think pretty much every one of Jackson's mistakes. I don't think it actually would matter. No, I agree with that. I think if Jackson had done a great job in front of house, it would have been Luke because yeah, that's true. Uh, because Evelyn was responsible for the curry. Luke did almost nothing all night. What he did was fish, and he undersalted it. Yeah. So although he cooked it perfectly, but yeah, like it seemed like they would have loved to send Luke home for just not doing very much. But mm-hmm. Jackson was such a buffoon at front of house; they had to. We've I had this tease before. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, Megan. Oh, just Luke's story about working for Noma, quitting, and deciding, "Hey, I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to um, figure out what I'm what I'm going to do on my own." And then having the pandemic hit right at that moment. Yeah was just such a heart-wrenching story yeah. and I yeah, really felt for, sure. for him. Sure. I also wonder if like there's you can spend too long at one restaurant as weird as Noma, especially that- at a restaurant as weird as Noma. Cuz like yeah. I, I I I I think I've said this before trying to empathize with him but like I think he was just so far down the rabbit hole of cooking one way that is very well respected but like it's people are going to Noma for the Noma experience. They aren't going there for a restaurant experience. And I, I worry that like cooking one style of food that's so kind of 
avant-garde and exciting, but it 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 kept him out of the place where he gets to cook like the sort of enjoyable food, like food that people want to eat and not like want to learn from. Yeah. Uh, and if and, you went and, and worked at like a bunch leading. of good restaurants for a year or two, and you would corp- that would all start to become your mm-hmm. style, the pieces you take. But eight years at Noma would make you think Noma is pretty normal restaurant world, and it's not. So yeah. I could imagine, I could, Im- I could see how you spend too- a little too long there. You get a little bit accustomed to Noma style, and then you come outside, and the world ends. That it's very hard to figure out your own and, footing. And on top of that, I mean, I think there's also not just the place, but also the role, right? Like I would, I, I'd want to round someone out and say, like, okay, I've actually done like you know maybe like a year doing my own thing as executive chef. I've done like a year as a private chef or something, like or catering. Like just, yeah. I think there's other skills that are valued in this competition that are not fully maybe represented by a high level sous. Yep. Yep. I I do feel I definitely feel for his story. I do think he could have gone home today if it weren't for Jackson, but I do feel bad about it. Um, last thoughts on that. We'll come back to some more Jackson stuff in a minute. I, I guess just to, to fill out the, the ending for you. Obviously, Jackson was eliminated. Him and his taste buds were sent packing, and also uh, Ashley wins for executive chef for that side. Yep. And the team splits forty k. So not um, Nick the baker day. continues to to make bank. Oh, that's right. Holy moly. I forgot that that, that meant Nick continued oh. to win at every money opportunity on this show. Yeah, Nick's, Nick's, the, Nick's the money guy this year, which I love. continues to bake bread. He, yeah. He's not going to the bank. It's baking his You're bread. right. I know. I know. Although baking and banking sounds kind of he's fun. He's got some loaves. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Um, uh, also, I just want to point out, I'm sure you guys uh, couldn't help but giggle just like the chefs did when... Um, Padma explained how easy their touchless MasterCard was going to be to use at each of these rest of these stores. Well, we went from last week where it was like all one overwhelming product placement to this week where it's like, oh, Padma's just in the mood for some Terlato wines. Like it was you know, this, this was the little subtle ones. I, and then also the very dramatic BMW opening. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that with the with the volume thing. Padma is the best where they're in like, ways at incorporating SponCon into. I mean, it just rolls off her tongue. You know, the Terlato wine. <laughs> the Do uh, we think uh, she genuinely loves Terlato wine? No. Like that. that <laughs> no, I don't think we think that at all. I think that would be very hard to believe. But I think it's a business. You think it's a bit? All right. Well, no, Chris, you're getting you're getting some crosstalk. Got some crosstalk. Uh, I think it's a business, man. You know, it's yeah, it's, yeah of course, yeah. it's a business, man. Um, all right, so let's move along then. Okay, that's pretty much it for the the main challenge. Let's slide into. I think that's everything from the interview too that I want to talk about. Oh, one more thing that Jackson uh, mentioned in the interview was that he. The way, he had the idea the night before Restaurant Wars that it was probably Restaurant Wars, and what he was going to do was he was going to pick whoever had the strongest personality in his team and make them executive chef and have them in charge. And the way he said it in the interview did sound a little sneaky, a little bit strategical, and I and in a way that backfired, which is good. And Buddha was being strategical as well. He's watched all these episodes. He had plans, but... Um, it felt a little bit like I'm going to slide into the back and not get hurt. But then he also hadn't watched enough to know that front of house usually goes home. So front of the house is the front, not the yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want middle of the house if you want to try to coast by. Yeah. That's that's yeah. where you're okay. <laughs> middle of the house. The classic Saucier. restaurant wars jobs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they had the perfect Saucier spot. Never like, goes home. 
just get to make the sauce and like you know what at least this was flavorful and good yeah 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 that's very true um i um have i I think it's time to move on okay we'll come back to jackson because we have a lot of mail about jackson obviously people want to talk about the jackson incident um but let's do a quick um jump into last chance kitchen because jackson was so bad in front of the house last chance kitchen is set up to be a restaurant with no servers at all it's actually sort of the opposite of tom's normal like torture you with your mistake it's sort of like all right then don't do that part so um uh, so Okay, sorry. Go ahead. You got to do. So your they give him a, a ghost kitchen is the is the the trendy way to call this uh, challenge, which is a restaurant, of course, with no dining room that just serves takeout and delivery. Except in this case, it's not that at all. It's just Jackson and Sarah making three dishes and then driving them to Tom's house, which is decorated sp- suspiciously like an Airbnb. Yeah. Tom has that Airbnb taste in in his house. Um, and Jackson his Houston house, his house in Houston. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Of course. I'm. I'm kidding. Yeah. This is clearly an Airbnb that he's, he doesn't live there. Um, but yeah. So Jackson's concept is casual Italian, the same thing he does in both of his restaurants. His pasta scarves look really good, but they didn't travel super well. Although they did just turn into dumplings, which is a good deal. Um, and uh, meanwhile, that's not Sarah, a nice thing. Where it's like if you mess up a dish, it turns into a dumpling. Yeah. It's like <laughs> most things you don't get. Like they don't it's, get to another good another dish when you that's fail. A good way to plan a dish is where it fails into another delicious dish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it failed into a dumpling, which is a good deal. Uh, meanwhile, Sarah makes a Jamaican fusion concept, which is more of a concept, I think, and also includes this magically crispy fried chicken that she scienced out during pandemic that holds up during the drive. Like, and so she wins her fifth consecutive last chance kitchen this, challenge. This was making this bad. one of the more impressive runs of all time. So impressive. Truly. Like she not yeah. only did Sarah do amazing. I thought Jackson did really well, even if his decision making was pretty bad. I was like, hey, delivery food. I know fresh pasta. What? but he did Mm. think of the the pasta that would travel better than something else and that he could make in 45 okay but that's the best of a bad category not a better decision so true that's true Mm. i I like i I don't know if there's been a someone who's had a more impressive last chance kitchen run while being simultaneously as unconfident along the whole way (laughs) Uh, which is i think maybe my favorite combination of superstar a lot of times it's like if abishar had had a run yes exactly (laughs) Yeah, a lot of times when chefs do this well, they're feeling themselves after a couple of minutes. They're like, I'm coming back, you know. Uh, so to have her not be feeling herself at any point in this, she's like, well, now Jackson's going to beat me. And then she <laughs> does way better. So really, it's just the Stephanie Seymour like award for self-deprecation, I think. Yep. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I Going back to the challenge, I think it's kind of Tom, but rude to us, the audience, of not subjecting Jackson to an elimination uh, palette test. <laughs> like, if there's oh, anything to curse him for, like, what got him eliminated, it's he should have come in and Tom was there with two blindfolds being like, hey, Jackson, I heard you like tasting stuff. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so that's the last chance. Kitchen, very impressive, very cool. Uh, uh, two, 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 other, two other bits. Uh, do all BMWs have automatic directions to Tom's house? Like, can I get inside that BMW and say, take me to Tom's house? And it would <laughs> yeah, it's up, up, down, 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 left, right, left, right. It goes there, yeah. Sorry, so that again is. I was, it was like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start. I and think they should Tom's definitely house. install it as a as an Easter egg from now on. Yeah. Here's my question. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of mischief could I do if I had access or knew all of these license plate numbers? 
Because I feel like usually I'm out in the world, I'm seeing people's license plates, right. and it's fine. They're not blurred at all in the real world. But when it's on TV, I can't know. Well, and I, I just want to know why. Here's here's what my understanding <laughs> is. And, and sorry, I don't have, never mind. If anybody has a joke answer, it's probably better. No, no, no. You're welcome to take a swing at it. I was just laughing because um, I was going, I had put this in the mailbag, and this was a mail from you because you had asked it yesterday. I was like, I don't know. I'm going to read this as if it was mail. Megan asks, what mischief could I get up to? <laughs> anyway, um, that's just very funny. Yeah, because there it is. It's such an interesting point. They're always blurred, and I've never, th- I've never seen a license plate in real life and been like, "Well, I'm going to ruin that guy's day." <laughs> but also, these are rental cars. These are like gift cars to them. It's not. A, yeah, are, aren't they temporary license plates? Right. If it's like sometimes, maybe if it's strangers, just to take a wild guess. If it's like strangers, it could be somebody who's like. Well, you know, he is wanted for murder in Houston that day, and this footage is going to show that he was in this area because we have whatever. But the rental cars, like, there's no. It's not like oh, that car was in the area. Like they know it's it's theirs. Yeah, I'm Chris, curious, what's your answer, Chris? Yeah, yeah Chris. Now, Chris, I want to hear your speculation. I mean, so uh, here's here's the thing. Uh, if you have somebody's license plate number and you have sufficient like access, like a PI or something like that, I think you would be able to track down the ownership of that car and then like sort of uh, imply the home address of somebody potentially. Mm, um, so I think okay. there's just sort of a standard of unless it's been cleared blur out the license plates but i think it makes no sense here for a rental car because you know right. these don't air live they don't you know if it was at the time you know you could say oh there's that bmw x5 with this license plate i bet that's a top chef but you know this isn't live this has already been filmed i think it's also because the rental company has not been cleared to be like proud to associate with top chef and paid the sponsorship dollars for it right that's right. part of it's it a is legal it, thing so we could we could hire a private investigator show, take that license plate number and they'd be like this belongs to hertz and then bravo would be like hertz didn't pay us anything they don't get the trilato wine treatment and then that would be bad for everybody yes. so um you have to earn it hertz should have wine <laughs> the Hertz wine upsell, where they give you a, just a magnum of wine in the backseat. Drinking and driving like a rental car. Hours a day Great. Extra. Great. <laughs> the car will break down. It's fine. Um, um, okay. Another Let's, thing about last description, Gail ends by yeah. saying, like, I'll get you I'll get you next time. Does Gail have a cooking competition that we don't know about? And she's just, Ooh, like Junior? going to bring Tom in for a meal? Like, is there a, a, a third level Isn't that juniors? of LCK that Gail is she, she does host does she have a is fight club that doesn't get advertised? <laughs> a cooking fight? Oh, no. Does she is, have a knife fight? I think this is like, like okay, so yeah, she's she's like also a secret bear. It's like that. Everyone has a right. cooking competition on on, on the DL. On some um, network. You to, yeah, you have to assume that. On it's TBS, on, at yeah. least. Yeah, yeah. It's on some stream. It's on Paramount she, Plus. It, so you haven't Gail seen it has yet. a cooking show on Silk Road. Uh, you have to sort of like... <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to have a dedicated login. Dark and, Web Eats. Yeah. The Dark Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is uh, that's Last Chance Kitchen. Um, let's. Uh, I think we can all agree not a lot of cow pokes in our posses this week because we didn't go anywhere. None pokes that we were oh, in no, no, Houston no, not again. None. Not none. We are in Texas. There was that place with too many staircases. That's right. And the reason it is, is because by going underground, you are more thermally regulated in a desert environment. So we Uh, learned about the climate. Well, not necessarily Houston proper, but, you know, you wouldn't be needing to do that somewhere else. So I'm going to say. We also learned of the existence of the Houston mole people. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That live in the cool part of the earth. Um, Okay. I want to get in some more thoughts. We're going to have to go back to Jackson. Um. We have uh, just a, a, a few letters that I want to make sure I read from today's 
The mailbag. All right, this is the mailbag. You can get in touch with us by sending us an email, mailbag at packyourmics.com. We really appreciate everybody who writes into the show. First up, Jen, who has some thoughts on Jackson and then some thoughts on New Hampshire. So we're going to do Jackson first. Uh, Jen was the supplier, uh, I've just now realized, of this theory of the careful edit on Jackson's uh, reveal. So Jen says, obviously, that was a wild revelation from Jackson in this week's episode. My partner and I were watching, and when he said... They didn't know I couldn't taste anything. We both agreed that they, he was referring to, was the judges, not the other contestants. Very sneaky editing job on behalf of the production team, for sure. But I also cannot believe that he waited this long to tell everyone else. I do think that the LA Times interview suggests that he was keeping it this long. And that also, like, Jackson might be kind of competitive and that that mattered to him. Um, How... If he's that How competitive, great, he should have watched more TV. Well, right. <laughs> like, you know who's competitive? Buddha. Yeah, Buddha. Yeah. Buddha. You know, what I wish, though? So? Like, Luda. So I just wanted to say the Luda version. Try go ahead. Oh. I, I really wish that we as the viewer hadn't known until this moment. Because I think that would have been a really fun reveal oh for my, us. That would have been a plot twist. Instead, of they put it in the trailer. So it was like, this is our one thing we're running this season. Um, uh, Jen also points out that there was one thing that last we missed from last week's episode was that he briefly plugged his ears when tasting something. So perhaps that was a sign that, yes, blocking out other senses improves his sense of taste. Which he also mentioned in the LA Times interview that he had done some work. He would frequently close his eyes and plug his ears. I didn't see him. I don't remember seeing him do that on the show. So that's cool that we saw it. He also mentioned that just in general, he doesn't taste as much as other chefs. Like yeah, that, was also, that was the weirdest part of the interview. He was like, I don't usually taste my food at the restaurant either, and I know other chefs don't like that, but I like work on instinct and other people's reactions, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you have that. Usually, you usually yeah, have it. Normally, problem. you're allowed to. <laughs> yeah. Like um, he's just like, been preparing his whole life to do Top Chef right after having COVID. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. is he, he was training for this very specific moment. It's also the, is like, he part he butterfly? <laughs> he just has to step on the food. Yeah, that's that maybe, yeah, he feels it with his his head knobs. Well, it's <laughs> also he, his whole thing is he has to cook for an audience. He has to have. I I can't. I don't taste it. I just look at other people's either like mm, yum 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 reaction or <laughs> icky reaction. <laughs> don't like. <laughs> Yeah, that seems reasonable to me. Um, okay, and then let's jump into this. We'll come back to Jackson, but I want this is a great little um, piece from Jen, so I want to read it, kind of a lot of it. I'm sorry um, for the length. But uh, on a completely different note, my partner and I, uh, or my, my, par- my partner, a Vermonter born and raised, and I were talking about an episode in Berlin, um, which is pronounced Berlin, not Berlin, um, uh. because in New England, they refuse to pronounce anything the way you would expect. So Berlin, New Hampshire um, could have... Th- so here's some ideas for what Berlin, New Hampshire's episode would be like. First off, and I'm quoting my partner here, Berlin smells like a paper mill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. so we know what that smells something. like, okay. yeah. Yeah, we do, we're very familiar with that smell. So I do like uh, an episode where you're cooking something that smells like an office product but could <laughs> taste like anything else. <laughs> do paper mills smell like office products? Like, I thought no. paper mills no, smell, smell like so bad. death. It's bad, right? That was on the way to Walla Walla we smelled Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's bad. Um... Uh, continuing on second, second, you can't do New Hampshire without including Vermont since they're so intertwined that you can't just do one without the other um, and don't even get me started on Maine bleeding in but as such here's our brainstormed Maine list of some bleeding. newly combined New Hampshire Vermont or Newmont episodes of Top Chef they could f- feature 
apples and cider, apple picking, quintessential New England. Craft okay. breweries, Vermont IPA is a big thing, right? Yeah. Uh, poutine. There's apparently there's a lot of Quebecois in the Quebecois in the area. Okay. Um, uh, and it's close enough that the Americans wouldn't know the difference. Um, lobster and seafood. You drive out to Portsmouth, obviously, do some lobster. Hang out with some lobster men, I'm adding now. I think that would be very fun. Ooh, uh, yeah. With lobster the big old man. claws. <laughs> <laughs> with the big old man claws. I, I, I meant people who catch them, but yeah, definitely those human feet, lobster hand the men. Lobster men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the lobster men of, New, of, uh, of Newmont. Um, um, do they say, do they say anything about genders. Uh, yeah, all right, lobster no, 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 no. folks. These, these are specifically men. Uh, oh, people who are half crab, half man, are all men. It's weird, but uh, that's how it works. Okay. <laughs> They're half crab, half men, and all men. <laughs> also, I thought you were a lobster. Very confusing math. All right, um, delicious. Wait, wait. yeah. Did, yes, uh, did you, do they have anything about King Arthur baking? Because that's a Vermont, as is Ben and Jerry's, and those are some good food cultural oh, touch great suggestions. Yeah, yeah, no, they, uh, they did mention Ben and Jerry's, obviously, assuming Talenti allows them. <laughs> also, it's a great factory tour, which is good a good uh, advice. Uh, Cabot cheese, yum, mm. um, which is a great suggestion. Um, also, trout fishing, uh, sure. maple syrup, berries, and a finale in Montreal, um, which is right there. So, if you're looking for a finale with a similar themed location, but it's an amazing food city on its own, uh, they could f- also just film several episodes up there. And also, I'd personally love to see Top Chef trying to feature the old man of the mountain as their representative image silhouette of New Hampshire because it, it collapsed off the mountain in 2003 and yet is still on a whole bunch of official New Hampshire signs, etc. <laughs> so it's the old man in the valley now? Oh, no. He's just like on the bottom? Just pile <laughs> no, it's the old man whose face fell. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just like the famous headless lobsterman of New Hampshire. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, Jen, for the, the, the pitch. I really appreciate it. Um, and I, I would watch this. I mean, this actually, the problem is what you've done, Jen, is you made it sound like a plausible, which ruins the theoretical question of like what would make this the hardest way to do yeah, it. And you does, just like, well, just, here's how to make a good episode there. Or is good Jen there. representing the Vermont, New Hampshire Tourism Board? Because this is definitely selling us on a trip. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, it does sound kind of nice, right? I mean, Let's take the show on the road, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Recording live from Berlin, New Hampshire this week. Oh boy! Just because someone brought it up in an email. <laughs> All right. Um, right next to the paper mill. <laughs> yeah, the worst smelling podcast we've ever done. At Leprechaun on Twitter says, "I think Buddha proved that studying pays off." His front of house service, especially as it pertains to the judges, was well beyond Jackson's. It was like Jackson never watched a Restaurant Wars episode before. Great news, Leprechaun. He hadn't. Um, I do. I do think we're underselling a little bit. We hadn't talked enough about how Buddha did such a fantastic job as front of the house, and also great looking suit. Yeah, Buddha did a great. I job. was worried I, about him when he was. Oh, go ahead. Like oh. I'm, I'm gonna take you know inspiration from all of the other chefs and like kind of cook their food because that yeah. can go like pretty badly. Yeah. And instead, he just did an amazing just job. So it. yeah, absolutely nailed it. Was. Jackson was the one who put on his front of the house suit and then started cooking without putting on an apron, though, right? He oh, yeah, like, they got the... Uh, yeah. Ugh, I'm, I'm, I'm stressing that moment was amazing. That, the, like, whoop! Like, <laughs> just, again. Just. I, I've, I mean, I, I got an apron recently because I have ruined too many good shirts cooking. I've yeah. just, I didn't want one. I didn't like the look of it, but I, I have to. I've, did you get a Headley and Bennett? And what, what, yeah, kind of, what kind of apron did you get, Alex? I got the Headley and Bennett with the orange Aww. bit. That's like $10 extra to be Top Chef colored, for <laughs> which doesn't seem fair. It's just a Does different Does it say color. kiss the cook or kiss me, I'm Alex? <laughs> no, it doesn't say anything <laughs> about kissing. It's just the Top Chef one, but yes. um, 
It was an embarrassing 10 extra dollars. But oh, also, since we're like talking about falling into SpawnCon, we did look for Talenti pairings at the grocery store last week and they did not have them. So mm. that might have been a wasted SpawnCon if it's not widely available. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> back to the Jackson Marathon. Jane says, not the sword I thought the Eliminated Chef would be falling on considering how the season had been going. I thought the show's edit was making a nothing burger out of the whole Jackson not telling their chefs about his incapacitated senses, but him telling the Restaurant Wars guests guests so openly during the challenge made it feel more disrespectful to his teammates, especially when they were taking his feedback on flavors, um, yeah. which I, I think is a great point, and I hadn't realized. He was just walking around to anyone who would listen that was not on the show. I'm like, hey, I can't taste shit. Anyway, are you enjoying your dinner? Yeah, that was, that was really rough to see of, of him announcing in public fairly loudly you know like what yeah what, what is going yeah on? it's weird um uh just, he, that was it just he just he had to get it out you know i think just the, the the truth has to come out and that's why just it's just oh alternatively it was a samson like cutting your hair thing where it's like once you reveal it then he had he lost his magic touch oh i think that might be it oh yeah or yeah, yeah. Just, or like pitching a perfect game or something where as soon as you acknowledge it yeah out loud it like can't happen good. anymore Jane also says, I know it's uh, judged per week, but as a viewer, it's hard to ignore that Luke has been closer to the chop more than Jackson with similar critiques for his lack of flavor in his dishes. So I don't think I would have felt his elimination was due to Jackson's feedback if he had gone home. And e- But either way, I prefer seeing Luke's brand of anxiety on TV over Jackson's. So I'm glad the knives fell the way they did, which I think we, we generally agree on right now. I, how do you guys feel like, did you guys feel like, despite this villainy thing, because like the first couple episodes with Jackson, I felt like, they were setting us up not to like him, and then it, I did. Partially, yeah, he was just doing I, really well, and then I got mad at him today. But I think I still kind of like him. And I want this is not a. This is a fine. This is a fine villain, right? This is like I think there's very little, little good and there's very little bad intent here by my no. eyes, at least. Yeah. And on the yeah. whole, it's like um, I'm mostly impressed still. Um, and yeah, like it, I, I think he just. I appreciate the idea of like. You know, sometimes you, you 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 make a call and you're tied to that call and it's a bad idea, but you kind of just ride it out, and that's kind of how it was with him keeping the truth and a lot of the other decisions he made. And 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 I I get that. Well, let me go to I somebody think, who's much angrier now. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, from Jackson, we've seen that he can cook really really well. We've also seen that he made a queso that was a cracker or something or like a <laughs> okay. Quick, I forgot about <laughs> the queso are, Yes. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Queso uh, yeah. That's quick crispy. Crispy. Yeah, crispy, crispy queso, and so he had both of both of those sides to him, and I think we saw the the queso side uh, during Restaurant Wars. All right, we got to wrap up here um, really quick. So a couple more things. Um, our restaurant correspondent Jordan wrote in this morning, much angrier than we are about Jackson. Um, it's a competition, and to give away information that could hinder you would be a tactical mistake. Yet working in a restaurant is not an individual nor selfish endeavor. It is a hundred percent teamwork. Um, what he did with his team's trust was pretty scummy. They trusted him enough to do a bad version of family style. Luke trusted him on the seasoning, which we've addressed a little bit. Um, they trusted him to run front of the house. They trusted him on the concept. Then to find out he'd been lying the whole time. Um, cool, if you don't want to tell them, fine. Just don't hijack a leadership role in the most important team challenge that everyone looks forward to. Yeah, And I, I do I, I do fall on that. I agree with that. I That's agree weird. with that generally, with the exception of it. I'd be angry if anyone else went home. But if he goes home, it's like, look, you make a lot of bad decisions and you live and die by that. And I, I, I feel fine about this. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, it's hard to stay angry at Jackson when he got exactly what he deserved for totally his fair. chicane. And he gets it. Okay, oh, but I'm yeah, not, yeah. not going to use the ends to justify, 
you know, what happened or, you know, to say like, oh, like, yes, justice was served. But, you know, I think the Jordan's anger at, at that is very well justified, you know, certainly I, justified. And he did just scrub his teammates this a little bit, but he suffered for it. Yeah, I, I think in terms of like how it all seems like we are feeling like Jackson does seem like a good dude who was an asshole. Uh, sorry, Caleb, if you were. He was a jerk. Um, so that he, in, especially for this challenge, like he accidentally became a, a true villain for one week because of doing that to teammates. But up to the season, like he, he was a, a good natured red faced man. So uh, a different Jen, Jen with two N's, asks, has any chef taken such a tumble as Jackson's, being on the top of every challenge and then just horrible on a restaurant or is it immediately bounced out, perhaps the worst front of the house ever, and bad concept? This is a good question. Can you think of a chef who's done as well and then just completely checked out? Well, no, if only because I think his successful run leading up to this was unprecedented. Um, Yeah, well, that's true. The only thing that I was thinking of was... was, um, like as a as a person cut down in restaurant wars after doing incredible, I think of Kish, mm-hmm. but this was not Kish's fault. No. Uh, the way that this was Jackson's fault, so mm-hmm. kind of um, last season with Sarah, uh, yeah, wasn't it that that was Sarah last season? Portland Sarah, yeah, she had done pretty well up to that point. Yeah. She's team tiny, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, Although she's a re- team tiny's a reminder that you can do really well after the show, which is yeah. great, even if you don't win. And, and also um, the big thing, I think Jackson is going to stand out too, both for like the heights he had, but also like he earned that L. It wasn't just like a mistake that kind of stinks, like sort of like how Kevin lost Restaurant Wars during All Stars, like that stunk, but like he he just it didn't work out. Yeah. Jackson made bad, bad decisions. Yeah, yeah and yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, it wasn't a judgment call uh, between two close things. You know, he was... Totally, yeah. totally. All right, last thought is from Jay on Twitter, who said... Jay number one on Twitter, who says um, that, uh, just to point out, unrelated to Jackson, but because Bravo is owned by NBC Universal, last week's Jurassic Park episode may have been less SpawnCon and more just synergy, more just appeasing your corporate overlords... Um, which I do actually, it is funnier to think of like the Jurassic Park episode being people patting each other on the backs than like just a straight dump truck full of cash. Hmm. Eh, Synergy um, and SpawnCon are awfully, they, they are sisters in the world of yeah. uh, episode. Yeah, absolutely. sisters but not twins. They also yeah. look nearly identical on the balance sheet for for the production. So. Well, right, and also I do know a little bit about Hollywood financing enough to know that like actually probably they did have to pay money. Like mm-hmm. when yeah. NBC, when if you're making a movie for Paramount and you want to film in the Paramount lot, you have to pay Paramount. Like it's crazy. The, like the, this is less an industry and more a f- series of financial frauds um, that end up with TV shows coming out. Um, but anyway, which is I, not I, a bad result for fraud, honestly. As far as much goes, certainly worse results. things have happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Like Bernie Madoff never accidentally made Top Chef All Stars. So what if, if he did like that, though? <laughs> what if Bernie Madoff <laughs> accidentally, in the course of everything, like it's like you know what? And I also wound up making Amazing Race. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, all right, we have to wrap there. Uh, thank you to everybody who wrote in. Thank you for uh, participating in this Jacksonian marathon. Um, we will be back again next week um, talking about what happens next week. I've already forgotten. We saw the preview. It's very Houston. Good. 
We got some cowpokes next week. We're we're definitely mm-hmm. gonna have some cowpokes next week. Oh, that's good to see. Um, cool. I don't. I've already forgot. I definitely watched it, and it's all. Oh, I didn't even watch um, it, so I'll be surprised too. It'll be great. Anyway, yeah, very very exciting. Um, and now I do feel like the top has opened up, so I'm a little more interested. I still feel like Buddha and Evelyn are strong choices, but it, it doesn't feel like the top three is locked. So it it's could not go locked. A lot of different directions. I am rooting for Evelyn. I, I I think the other thing I just because we talk so much about Jackson. I am very excited for Evelyn to be in the finale. If she's not in the finale, that's going to suck because and that, her finale meal is going to be so cool. And yeah. also the thing that this sh- the show the season is not making a a big enough deal about is I, I think I Evelyn is uh is she, she's a Latina chef, she's from Houston, specializing in Vietnamese cuisine and she's like She's great at what she does. She's a beloved local chef based on how, like, everyone who's yeah, from when they see her, their faces her, they're like, light up. It's great. It's like, really cute. She, she is a great part of that community. And I, do, I think the show has done a pretty underwhelming job of showing, like, how much she seems to mean to the culinary community of Houston because yeah. the show's done a pretty spotty job of capturing the culinary scene of Houston. And I'm, well, and I I'm also really feel like the show has been so focused on Jackson up till this point. Yeah. It's hard to know what they're going to film next week because that's been their main storyline. And I feel like Evelyn just has not had enough storyline thus far. I do think with Jackson gone, this opens up the possibility for Damar to join Buddha and Evelyn as the top three. That's what I'm leaning towards. But all right, oh, we're going to go. Um, but please send us all of your feedback. Chris, really quick before you go, um, please tell me your secret you've been keeping from us this whole time. Oh, uh, the secret is that uh, I'm actually half lobster, half man. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, well, you do a great job man. of typing. You're very fast for lobster hands. Clickety-clackety. All right. Well, they, uh, pack your mics and go. Everybody else, thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Ezra and your family, who's mostly abandoned you. They all abandoned me. Uh, Kyle, also abandoned. No family. Eh, they visited a little bit during the pod. They did. Megan, <laughs> thanks for sticking with me through this whole podcast. You're so welcome. All right. We'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.